2: What are the most successful change leaders of today doing to deliver great results? Welcome to Inside Transformational Leadership with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program is produced by the Institute for Transformational Leadership at Georgetown University. We'll explore the inner game of transformational leadership, sharing insights from renowned leaders and faculty from our world-class leadership and coaching programs. Now, from Georgetown University, here is Kate Ebner.
3: Good morning, and thank you for joining me again this week. Um, I'm delighted that today we have two guests who are going to talk about what I consider to be one of the hottest topics in leadership development, and that is um, adult development, adult stage development. Um, Our show this week is called Leadership Maturity and the Ability to Lead Transformation, How Adult Stage Development Can Influence Leadership Capacity, and my guests are um, Dr. Barbara Brahm, And Chris Wall, founder of the Georgetown University Leadership Coaching Program, both Barbara and Chris have um, made an enormous contribution to the field of coaching, but also through their work with leaders to our understanding of how to really apply the latest research in adult stage development um, to the work of leaders. So I want to say good morning and thank you for being with me, Chris and Barbara. Thanks, Kate.
0: Good to be here.
3: I'd like to just start off, and I I feel that the two of you, who not only have co-authored books but teach together, and I and have sort of seen you um, together develop um, a body of work that really serves leaders and also leadership coaches who are trying to understand how to take this fascinating research and knowledge of adult stage development and really put it to use to help people uh, learn and grow. And, um, Barbara, I thought I would just start with you um, by asking you to, if you can, just give us a a bit of a, a background about, you know, your own background. Let's just start there so that people really understand who they're listening to.
0: I started out, Kate, in clinical social work. So I actually was uh, doing, working as a therapist for a number of years, and I got to a point where I thought I am not really energized by helping people heal. I think that's very important work, but it's not my work. I was more interested in how do I help people be whole and how do I help people fulfill their potential. So I migrated from being a therapist into being an executive coach, which I've been doing for about the last 25 years, so almost before it was even named coaching, I was doing that, and have really seen a lot of linkage around where a person is in their own development and what they can actually do as a leader, how they can best serve an organization, how they can make the greatest impact in an organization. And out of that then became an interest in really sharing this with other people. So it started with really sharing it with other coaches for how they could use a developmental framework in their work, in their coaching work. And then it has evolved as Chris and I together have begun developing programs for leaders to help the leader themselves understand their developmental journey and how that makes their life as a leader easier or more difficult.
3: Thank you so much, Barbara. That's very helpful to hear you describe that, and and it's um, just a wonderful contribution that you have been making. Um, Chris, how about you? Would you mind just giving a little bit more of your background and your interest in this?
1: Well, my background uh, started in uh, doing a master's in counseling and knowing at that point that, similar to Barbara, I wanted to work with people who were um, highly functional and maybe finding finding themselves in situations where they couldn't figure out how to get out of their own way. And so once I graduated from uh, graduate school, I actually, my first job was as a coach. And that was way before coaching was a coach. You know, coaching was uh, something that people knew about. But my first job was to help managers in an organization uh, figure out how to be better managers and leaders. And I was actually graded, quote, unquote, in my performance review, um, did I see three managers a day or three leaders a day? Not really what the outcomes were, but, you know, did I do the work of getting them together? And my, my uh, coaching pra- practice evolved from there, and I have been doing coaching ever since, as well as organization development. I got interested in adult development when I was part of a research study um, where I really did not know anything about it. I had never heard of it. And I was in this study and got my results, and I was fascinated. And that began quite a journey of learning about how people develop, how people change, what are the invitations for change in, in the workplace and in life, and then how could I as a coach really make that pragmatic and practical for people so that they could, you know, really, it's always about, to me, Kate, how do you, how do you continue to step into your best potential. And that in itself is a journey. So that's really yeah. what got me started. Well, and uh, keeping it's, on going.
3: <laughs> yeah, you are keeping on going. <laughs> I, I wonder, you know, one of the things that makes our coaching program so distinct at Georgetown University uh, it was really your instinct to bring um, Barbara in to introduce this topic of adult development um, as part of the coaching program. And I'm curious about um, about that. You know, that was such a powerful insight that this would be highly relevant to coaches. Could you just tell us a little bit about how that came to be?
1: Well, sure. After I started to learn about adult development and you know, we always talk about the theory of adult development and people get a little bit wigged out when they think about, oh gee, I've got to learn this theory. Um, To me, one of the things that is really important for us who are coach educators is to figure out how to create something pragmatic and useful and applicable out of, you know, a scary theory. And I would not call this a scary theory, but I think for some people just the whole idea of a theory is, um, you know, it's a little bit of a block. So, and I, I know Barbara very well, and I knew that Barbara could do the translation of the theory into the pragmatic and the reason that that's important in this particular domain of adult development is that I could see that some of the problems that coaches were reporting to me as, you know, problems with their clients really didn't stem from anything being wrong with a client or the client not being able to think straight or the client not being smart. It really had to do with where the client was in their own journey of development. And I really thought that coaches needed to know that because it was going to be uh, really a distinguisher for them and for the discipline of coaching if they could understand and apply how people grow, change, and develop.
3: Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, I would just add to that that there's a couple things we talk about in coaching. I think are really important, Kate. One is meeting the client where they are, Mm -hmm. and that sounds wonderful and it's really important, but how do you make it practical? What, What does a person actually do or not do to meet the client where they are? And so this model gives coaches a way to really understand what that means, and it's also really important for leaders because often leaders have a team. And they're trying to figure out, well, how come this person, when I give them an assignment, they seem to keep coming back from more and more direction? And how come with this person I can give them an assignment and they take the initiative and they just run with it? So meeting your team where they are is as important in many ways as meeting your client where they are. And the other piece that I think is so important, and this is, again, true especially for coaches, but I also think it's true for leaders, and that's how can we be with people and stay out of a place of judging them? And so if a person is making meaning in a different way than I am, in other words, they're in a different stage of this developmental journey that Chris was just speaking about, there's such a tendency for us to judge others which just creates a lot of um, distress in the workplace and a lot of sometimes bad feelings for people. And when they understand this model, it opens up the door for compassion. It opens up the door for understanding. And it also, especially for leaders, opens up the door for, oh, now I know how I can support the development of my direct report so that they actually can step into a bigger role or so that they actually get a, a more positive performance review or that they have more joy and satisfaction in their work. So those are two biggies for me, being able to meet people where mm-hmm. they are and being able to interact with people who are different than I am without judging that difference.
3: Mm-hmm. That's a great, a great way of looking at it, Barbara. Thank you so much for that. You know, I think it might be helpful for us to spend a few minutes um, just giving a bit of an overview of what we mean when we're referring to adult stage development. Um, Barbara, would you mind starting us off on that? And then I'm sure, Chris, you'll be adding.
0: Sure. So all of us listeners, we all know about this because we've all been through childhood. And we've seen ourselves move through various stages of childhood. And adult stages of development is simply the continuation of development. But it's the continuation as adults. And so as we develop, certain things shift. We get a bigger view, uh, so we're able to see things from a larger perspective and from different perspectives. And we're able to manage more complexity so we can uh, integrate, assimilate, broader types of information. And the advantage to that is that it enables us to have more choices in our life. So the bigger picture that I can see, then the more I can see what my options are, the more complexity that I can manage, then the more I can put different pieces together in different ways to have greater choices. So what that means concretely for a leader is that there are certain kinds of leader competencies that will be easier at one stage of development and tougher at another stage of development. Just like in childhood, there are certain things that are easier for us to do as we develop as a child that we couldn't really do when we were at an earlier stage of development. So what we're really looking at with this whole model of adult stages of development is what is being asked of a person in their life, in their work, what stage of development would be ideal for what they need to do, achieve, accomplish? And are they at that stage? If they are, then how do they just be the absolute best they can be? But if life is asking more of them, then what can we do to support a person to expand their development, continue their development? So... Kind of in That's a nutshell. I don't know, Chris. Are there pieces that you would add to that?
1: Uh, well, I think you covered. I, I think you covered it, and I think it's so complex for people to understand. Um, I would say that, you know, in a simple way, it is a way of, you know, the theory itself, adult development stage theory, is a way of framing the developmental path that an adult person can go on, and. There are, there are certain stages that we, that we have named that we can actually you know, tell what, how a person is making meaning in that stage. And this, uh, this concept of meaning-making is a real important concept in this framework. So an example of meaning-making is... Um, you know, sort of what you do when you when you approach a situation or if someone is saying something to you, you, you make an interpretation about it. And what we know from studying how adult development is that is that interpretation, like Barbara said, when you're a child, that interpretation uh, grows. And you're able to look back and go, I used to think this, and now I think this. And that process of being able to expand how you are making meaning of things, going from something that's more, you know, like, all about me to something where I can actually bring other people into the picture and say, hmm, I wonder how that person felt when this happened, to moving even beyond that to an expanded view of, you know, what's the impact of this action I'm taking today on the world itself? And so there's a a gradual movement towards something that's a very expanded perspective, like Barbara talked about, <clears throat> so people can bring in a bigger perspective, a different perspective. They're able to accept a perspective that they may not have been able to accept a couple of years ago. And that's the idea. It's a way of framing it, naming it, and so- somehow charting the development, in, um, for lack of a better word. And I hope that I hope that made it clearer instead of muddying it up. <laughs> uh, well, you know, for us, for us, it's really distinct. And I think the ch- the challenge is. Uh, creating a conversation around it where people can start to imagine that, yes, you know, I, I am different this year than I was two years ago, than I was five years ago, than I was eight years ago. And if, if we can look back on our lives and say that, then we know that we're in a process of developing. And that's what this adult development
3: theory is. It's just how do we actually do that? You know, I love the... the, the, the the knowledge really that development continues, you know, through our lives. It doesn't stop once we move from teenager to adult or something like that. And then we're sort of done, but actually that we're on a developmental path, uh, journey, as you put it, um, through the course of our lives. And I'm curious, um, Barbara, do people um, automatically develop or is that, You know, do people sort of reach a plateau or a stage that they just stay at? I mean, what do you notice about that?
0: Well, I think there's some uh, things that we know about it, Kate, and there's also a lot of mystery. And so when I was speaking a little bit earlier, when we're in the middle of our life, as we all are, there are certain demands that are being placed on us in our life. And so sometimes life itself becomes the invitation into development. So that's one reason that we develop. Another reason that we develop is that some people just seem to have within them some kind of a yearning to explore, find their edges, test themselves. And so they, there are just some people who have been interested in their own personal growth, their own personal development, for as long as they can remember. You know, there are people who actively sign up for personal development classes or they go to workshops that are going to stretch their thinking or cause them to see things in different ways. So it can be accidental, meaning that it's just life that presents situations. And it can Mm -hmm. also be very intentional, that I'm really going to consciously place myself into environments that will support me in continuing my development.
3: Barbara, thank you. I'm going to actually stop you there. We're going to take a break. Okay. And when we come back, I'd love to pick up here and invite you to say more about the stages themselves. This is Kate Ebner. You're listening to Inside Transformational Leadership. Today my guests are Christine Wall and Barbara Brahm, who are talking about adult stage development and what we're teaching at Georgetown University. We'll be right back.
2: bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. Founded in 2012, the Institute for Transformational Leadership, ITL, is an international center for inquiry experiential education, and research about leadership in the 21st century. Our mission is to develop worldwide communities of transformational leaders and leadership coaches who are dedicated to engaging and providing the leadership needed for a more sustainable and compassionate future. We currently offer two cohort-based certificate programs, the ICF Accredited Certificate in Leadership Coaching and the Executive Certificate in Transformational Leadership. We also offer a range of ICF-certified advanced coach education master courses for experienced leadership coaches. For more information about our programs and how to apply, visit scs.georgetown.edu forward ITL. Email programs at georgetown.edu or call 202-687-7000. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Inside Transformational Leadership, produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please send an email to itlprograms@georgetown.edu. at georgetown.edu. Here again is your host, Kate Ebner.
3: Welcome back once again. Today we're talking about adult development and leadership. My guests, as you know, are Chris Wall and Barbara Bram. Who teach in both our um, leadership coaching certificate program and also our transformational leadership certificate program? They they provide for us um, a powerful session in each of those programs, and it's really a delight and a pleasure to feature the two of you here today. You know, before the break, we were really talking about what what is adult stage development and and this whole idea of meaning meaning making and how people make meaning and how as we live our lives we um, we develop and evolve and we are more able to take on um, certain challenges, tasks and responsibilities as we, as we grow in perspective and our, our development. So we were talking about development as something that continues um, beyond high school, beyond college and all through our lives and that there are some things that can really be a catalyst for that development. Barbara, you were giving us a great um, understanding of that right before the break. And I think I'd like to just uh, go, go add a little more clarity to this idea of stages. And I wonder, Chris, if you could just help us understand the different stages that have been identified as stages of adult development. Okay.
1: So there are a number of schools of thought on this. I'm going to share the one that I learned best. And I'm going to start with a bigger picture. And maybe, Barbara, you can add to and, and go into the stages but I think it's really um, easier for people when they can start to think of the stages, and there are nine stages, uh, and these stages fall into, into basically two buckets. Um, and the first bucket is what we would call conventional stages, and the second bucket is what we would call post-conventional stages. And in that first bucket, the word conventional, is a, is a clue, and it really says, okay, this is a person who is really learning how to get along, how to survive, how to thrive in our conventional world, our conventional culture, what is accepted in our culture today. And that is the job that we all have to do. We all have to accomplish the tasks of those stages that fall in the conventional bucket. And our society actually rewards us for that accomplishment. So when we you know, when we get into an organization and we're high achieving and we're getting things done and accomplishing goals and, you know, getting promotions, etc., all of that is rewarded and that is what most of the leaders that I work with are aiming for. And then there's a second bucket called post conventional and I'm being really broad brush here. And post conventional, that word itself is a clue as well. And it basically says, okay, I've achieved the things that our culture says are great for me. I've got a great job. I have a nice house. You know, I'm paying my mortgage. uh, I've got the education that I I was after. And so I've achieved all of these things, whatever they are for you. And then you kind of go to yourself, hmm, now what? You know, there's something about that where that song, Is This All There Is, sort of comes into play. And so people go to a post-conventional place when they really are able to go beyond what the culture is asking and go, and I would call it going in some ways inside of themselves, to reevaluate what is it that they really do value. You know, I've achieved all this stuff. Um, I'm doing well by society's standards, and is this what I really value do I really value, you know, putting in 50 hours a week to make this job go? Do I really value um, sort of the same sorts of conversations and the same sorts of ideas that I valued, you know, two years ago or five years ago? And there becomes this new journey where a person starts to acquire wisdom about themselves. And I'll stop there because I'm sure that there's a lot of great conversation you and I can have about this, Barbara. So, chime in.
3: Barbara? Yes,
0: Yes, I think that's, um, you've done a great job, Chris, of kind of outlining that. And I think Mm -hmm. what we see is that as as a person progresses through those conventional stages and moves into the post-conventional stages, uh, there's, I remember uh, my early days as a therapist that we would talk about gosh, it seems like I keep kind of reworking the same issues again and again. Mm -hmm. And I now see that expression from a completely different perspective because back in my therapy days, it was like, oh, you know, I still have this psychological work to do. But from a developmental perspective, as Chris has just been talking about, this seeing things from a larger and larger perspective enables me to look at things and see them differently. I really have fresh eyes looking at exactly the same situation. And with those fresh eyes, I just see things that I had not seen before. And so this developmental journey of that expansion and beginning to actually see things post-conventionally, so different than lots of people. And I think there's a – we were speaking earlier, Kate, about what kind of triggers or supports development – I think there's a lot of people in business now who are actually being invited into post-conventional because of the fact that they're working in organizations that are um, very diverse with oftentimes people on their team from not only other cultures but literally placed in other parts of the world so how do I expand my view to really welcome their perspective as we were speaking earlier, so that I don't judge their perspective. So that post-conventional is kind of opening me to bigger and broader perspectives outside myself, and then that actually fuels that inner journey that Chris was just speaking about. Because as I get exposed to these different perspectives and these different ideas, then that takes me inside. What do I think? Right. And what do I really value?
3: Right. Well, and... And you know, I th- I think that that uh, you know, listening to the two of you talk about these stages, um, the, you know, these broad headings, conventional and post-conventional, and um, this idea of becoming uh, tuned into what do I value versus what does the world expect of me, and you know, in my experience as a as a leadership coach, I often work with leaders who are asking themselves this very question Barbara about what matters to me and sometimes trying to reconcile the task in front of them, the leaders task with um, what their heart wants or what they feel like they really care about at that moment and I'm really kind of curious about um, how one stage of development can can influence how motivated you feel about let's just say accomplishing a lot of things as a leader or taking an organization to a next level you know Barbara can you make any any um, you draw any 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 insights for us about the relationship of uh, your stage and perhaps the nature of the leadership that's being asked of you
0: yes that's such an important question Kate and there's a couple things that immediately come to mind the first is this model is based on you transcend your current stage, but you also include it when you move to the next stage. So we don't lose anything that we have already developed. So even if a person moves into a later stage, a post-conventional meaning-making stage, that doesn't mean that they no longer can achieve things or accomplish things. But it means that achievement and accomplishment is, is in a bigger picture. It's a part of a a fuller, more whole life. And we were speaking also earlier about the importance of translating this theory into something that's practical. I think for leaders who develop into the post-conventional meaning-making stages, one of their greatest challenges is how do they translate what they see, what they understand, and what they know, into language and ideas that people who may not yet be at their meaning-making stage can understand. And that's a place where I think learning about this theory and working with a coach to to know where you are can be so valuable because if you don't have a way to translate, you can just start to feel like I don't fit. There's no way for me to really contribute here. I'm really frustrated. Uh, People don't understand me. And I don't understand really what has shifted. And so Mm. this model is so helpful for people at the post-conventional stages to see where they've moved to, what their journey is. And with some coaching, I think many, many people, not everyone, but many people can find a way to translate their view of the world into a way that they actually make a larger contribution to their organization without seeming too strange, odd, or weird <laughs> to their <laughs> colleagues or
1: to their co-workers.
3: You know, I see this phenomenon quite a lot in, in, term, in my coaching practice of leaders who really are wondering why can't people see what I see? Why aren't people thinking strategically, for example? why why are why are we um, why are we so focused on goals instead of the bigger picture? You know why why are people not understanding me? I feel like I've I've communicated our vision and our mission over and over again, but people don't seem to get it. you know, And often when we slow things down and really look at look at this, it's not that the people around them are the problem or <laughs> the wrong people. It could be that the leader is needing to do exactly what you just said, Barbara, and and think about how to communicate in such a way that people can really hear and and understand and accept and be comfortable with what the leader's talking about. So, so one way I see um, post-conventional leaders having to be adaptive is to really uh, pay attention to... Are people getting it? Are they getting me? And what can I do to draw on my previous experiences, perhaps at earlier stages, to make sure I'm really reaching people? And Chris, I know you coach a lot of leaders across the um, developmental spectrum. I'm curious how you use this um, stage development work in helping leaders meet their challenges.
1: Yeah. Well, I think um, the sweet spot Uh, in coaching is when a person is leaving the conventional and moving to the post-conventional because that can be really a very charged transition for people. If you think about it, they're leaving, you know, they're they're trying to leave behind things that no longer work for them. And so, uh, and that's really tough to do, you know, because you're separating yourself out from what the culture says is important. And you have to do a little of that in order to make that transition. And once you make the transition, well, let me just back up. Um, there's very little support in our culture for this transition. And I'll also say that when leaders make this transition with the support of coaching, like Barbara pointed to, um, they're able to really um, see and embrace a bigger way of leading and an example I can give is I have a client that I um, have worked with for a while, and my hypothesis was that he was definitely in the post-conventional stages, probably the middle one, which is what we call strategist. Yet there was something inside of him that when he would go to meetings with you know the operating group of the company because he's a member of the operating group, he didn't particularly trust um, his point of view against their point of view. And the more that I heard about how this team was working, which I'm, I'm not working with a team, I just work with this one leader, the more I started to realize that the, the group itself was probably primarily conventional, and he was coming in with his post-conventional ideas, which actually were brilliant from a business point of view, from a people point of view, uh, from a... Uh, strategic versus tactical point of view. He had many, many good ideas, but he didn't trust it. And partly the reason for that, I think, is because the people in the group, being more conventional, couldn't understand what his ideas meant. It was hard for them to see through his eyes. Mm -hmm. So I gave him the assessment to assess his development. We call that the MAP, the Maturity Assessment Profile to try and help him see what the territory was that he was in. And when he discovered where he actually landed, um, he, was now, he was much better able to say, okay, now I see that my ideas need to, be, need to be translated into more conventional language. So his language to himself made perfect sense. It made perfect sense to me, but it didn't make perfect sense to the group. And him be, beginning to understand how he was different from the rest of the people in this group actually gave him the courage to shift and try to meet them where they were so that they could do a better job of understanding where he was coming from
3: mm-hmm. i don't know is that helping does that help to kind of see i think so and i and i just we only have another minute before we take a break but i'm i wonder if you could just elaborate using that language example you know if his if his own language to himself made sense to him and made sense to you, but wasn't working, it wasn't clear for other people, was it too complicated or was it, um, was it uh, too many ideas in one sentence? I mean, what, what did he need to do to make it work?
1: Yes, he needed to, he needed to put his ideas out there uh, with more of a plan or more of a prescription of how to reach whatever it was he was suggesting. I see. He had this idea that he could put an idea out, you know, a really grand idea, which, you know, I could understand and he could understand, and there's one one member of his own team who can understand this. But when he would drop the idea on the group, it would just fall flat, and he I couldn't see. figure out. And he was actually personalizing it, like, oh, you know, I'm not bringing good things forward. And I said, no, you're bringing great things forward. You just need to be able to language it in a way that people can understand what the idea means. What it yeah. means to you and what it could mean to them,
3: you know Chris, thank you that's really really helpful and and what what it reminds me of is sometimes when I'm working with um with people uh, you know usually I'm working with the two one of the two of you on on a map um, profile, which is the assessment mm-hmm. instrument, but sometimes leaders say do i i thought people were supposed to adapt to me, not me adapt to them I'm the leader right. and what I love about this is this is really reminding you as a leader that, you know, you can lead all you want, but if no one can follow, if they can't understand, if they don't get it, if they're not with you, even if they want right. to be, you, you you can't lead effectively. So that there really is this idea of meeting people where they are. The stage development really helps to clarify. Right. Good. Well, we're Great. going to take a break and um, come back and, and talk more about how people can learn more. I'd, like, I'd love for our listeners to be able to understand where to go to learn more about this and how they might find out their own stage of development if they're interested in it. And I'd love also to talk with you in our final segment about um, the implications of um, adult stage development for transformational leadership especially. This is Kate Ebner, and I guests today are Chris Wall, Barbara Bram, And we're having a conversation about adult stage development. Um, Sometimes I think of this, um, Chris and Barbara, as the theory of everything. (laughs) Once you begin to understand this, um, it's sort of underneath everything that we do in leadership development. So thank you, everyone, for, um, for being with us today. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back.
2: experiential education, and research about leadership in the 21st century. Our mission is to develop worldwide communities of transformational leaders and leadership coaches who are dedicated to engaging and providing the leadership needed for a more sustainable and compassionate future. We currently offer two cohort-based certificate programs, the ICF-accredited Certificate in Leadership Coaching and the Executive Certificate in Transformational Leadership. We also offer a range of ICF-certified advanced coach education master courses for experienced leadership coaches. For more information about our programs and how to apply, visit scs.georgetown.edu forward ITL. Email ITLprograms at georgetown.edu or call 202-687-7000. Listening to Inside Transformational Leadership, produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please send an email to ITLProgramsGeorgetown.edu. Here again is your host, Kate Ebner.
3: Thank you for joining us today. We've been having a fascinating conversation. I'm talking to Chris Wall and Barbara Bram. We're exploring adult stage development and leadership and how these two important um, themes work together. And you know, right before we took a break, we were really talking we were really talking about um, how an awareness of one stage can really help a leader understand how to better reach um, the team or the organization particularly if that leader is at the one of the post-conventional stages and maybe working with a culture, a lot of people who are in the conventional stage where most of us actually are. Um, Barbara, you made a, a, a great point while we were taking a break. We had a moment to, to talk, and, and I'd love for you to just um, share the insight that you had.
0: Well, I think for leaders, the idea of meeting people where they are can sound at first daunting. And for leaders who are also parents, might be helpful to remember that they do this every day. And assuming that they're good parents, we'll we'll kind of put that in caveats, that they know how to do things like share. And there's a point where they have to teach their children how to share, how to play with a toy together. And that actually they have to walk through the steps about letting the other child have it for a little bit of time, how they might be able to play together with something. So in most family systems, you actually have... Two or three developmental stages, and if the parents themselves have evolved into post-conventional, then you may have even more stages of development in the family. So we we know a lot of this intuitively, and what Chris and I try to do is to teach how to do it more consciously.
3: I th- I think that's a, that's a really wonderful point, and I, and I think it. Um, you know, you bring it right into our families and make it part of what we're already doing, and more accessible as we consider that that we're already adapting and meeting people in our lives where they are. Um, so I think that thank you very much, Barbara, for that. Chris, did you want to add anything
1: um, No, I, Well, I would say that I love what you said at the end of the last segment, Kate, that you view this as the theory of everything. And I think, to Barbara's point, you know, when, when we know about it, I think we become better parents. I think we become better friends, better colleagues. And clearly, you know, the work that, that she and I are doing together, we're really about helping coaches be better coaches by understanding this, and leaders become better leaders. It applies to everything.
3: It really does. And that's
1: to me why it's so important, you know, because it's a framework that really helps people see you know, how to enter into a conversation or, you know, a way of being with someone. We know what so informative, yeah.
3: Well, I was just going to say, as you were saying that, that it occurs to me how, um, how exciting and awakening it can actually be to realize that you are on a developmental journey and that um, this isn't about um, what title you have or what position you've earned or sort of how old you are this is really about um, your way of seeing and making meaning and that you can expand that through the course of your whole life regardless of position or title or age. That to me seems like a huge invitation for people.
1: Yeah. It is exciting, you know, for those people who really love growing and developing. It's so exciting to sort of turn the page and go, okay, what's next? And to do it with support and with an idea that this is, a, this is a natural thing for so many of us to do. And to be able to choose it and do it and find people who can help you on the path, to me, is just so exciting. It makes life just grand.
0: It and does. the opportunity at every one of our life transitions for us to develop. We don't have to, but there really is the opportunity. It's kind of an opening. So if you suddenly become an empty nester, there's an opening for development. If you take a new job, there's an opening for development. If you're ready to retire, there's an opening for development.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, All of these major events that occur in our life, they're like these little inflection points where you can actually expand and get bigger, stay right where you are, or sometimes if it's really stressful, Kate, people may even fall back to an earlier stage that just feels safer while they're in the midst of a life
1: inflection point
3: hmm yeah can you can so can the culture can be... oh go ahead sorry Chris.
1: i was going to say i think if we can be conscious of um our own levels of resilience because we've got that and that we can handle these transitions that are coming these life events that are coming um and be conscious of you know are we living into it or are we getting small in it i mean i think even that consciousness and awareness helps mm-hmm. us to develop the one thing I would add uh, to what you said, Barbara, is I think sometimes when people follow their dreams and give themselves permission to really follow up on a dream that they've had for a long time, that's also a huge opportunity for development.
0: Hmm.
1: And I say that because I think most people have dreams, and so it's an important thing to tap into them and go, how can I, how can I actually make something happen along the line of this dream? That's such a great opening for your own development.
3: I love Lots that. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a great a great um, uh, way of thinking about this. And I remember in my own journey, I remember asking myself, you know, what is my dream? What do I really want to make happen? And then the question, who do I need to be in order to make this happen? And realizing I had a lot to learn. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so... You know, that's, I guess, also the big opening is understanding that you don't have to already know everything. This is really about letting yourself grow. You know, we just have, we have um, so few minutes for such a big conversation remaining, but I I know that um, there are so many wonderful resources right now um, for people in terms of learning more. Um, Barbara, what do you recommend if people want to learn more about this subject?
0: I think one thing is for a person to ask themselves, how do they learn? So if they like to learn in community, then I think it would be wonderful to attend a class. And Georgetown has two different classes. One is the, um, through the Institute of Transformational Leadership is the program for leaders. And then there's also the program for coaches. So either one of those is a way to learn about adult development in either the context of leadership or in the context of coaching. And if a person wants to learn in a class, but really wants to just focus on adult development, then they could go to uh, the websites that are available for Chris or myself, and Chris and I teach courses that are just on adult development. So it would be a, just a really deep dive into that. Some people will be more inclined to learn by reading, and if, they're, if you're a real reader, then I think there are a couple of books that immediately come to my mind, and Chris probably will want to um, add some others. Um, But one book that you might want to read is Action Inquiry, which really takes you through what are those different stages and applies it to leadership. Uh, Another book that people might find interesting is uh, really new out now, Reinventing the Organization, And that would be for people who are really interested in kind of that whole leadership organizational perspective. Another really good book, I think, is Leadership Agility. So if you're a reader, there are certainly books that you can read. And then I think if you would like to just kind of experience this, then you might want to take the assessment to discover what is my stage of development. Where am I on this journey from conventional to post-conventional? and all of the specific stages that go along with that. And how do I understand what that means for my life? And you could reach out to either Chris or myself. Both of us are trained to score and interpret that assessment. And so we could provide you with that experiential kind of opportunity. So maybe listeners just think about what's my best way of learning about something.
3: Mm-hmm. And thank you. That's such a thorough and complete resource um and chris i know that you have ideas too what do you think
1: actually i think barbara covered them all
3: okay <laughs> good well um you know we just have about three minutes left and i wonder um i wonder if we could could go back again to the comment you made earlier chris about the del- the fragile nature of of Development and you were saying that one of the most sort of tender stages of of development is the the, the transition from achiever to the post conventional stage of mm-hmm. pluralist or individualist and often that's where we find our coaching clients to be actually and you know in the couple of minutes remaining I, I wonder I, I guess what I want to say is for those of you listening that if you're at that if you're at a point where you're feeling uncomfortable or you're feeling stretched or you're feeling maybe plateaued. Um, you know, what are some of those signs, maybe, Chris, that somebody is undergoing this kind of a, a change, a, a developmental change?
1: Well, I think you just said a couple of them. You know, where you feel like you just can't meet the demands that are being placed on you. Sometimes that's, an, that's a sign that you are being asked into a change. Um, when you're feeling like bored... You know, that's another sign. You're bored with something and you want something new. Um, And I think the discomfort that happens when you're, that I pointed to, when you're leaving conventional and moving towards the post-conventional way of seeing the world, that discomfort is a really good sign. And it is something um, that I think you need to, you know, many of us need, need to change our mindset about it. You know, a lot of us think, oh, gosh, I'm uncomfortable, something must be wrong. And I think, oh, gosh, something's uncomfortable. I'm getting signs about it. Ooh, it's a sign that the transition is coming. And it's actually a time to embrace uh, some new learning and to learn how to live in ambiguity and in complexity because the answers aren't easy and they don't come fast. And I think that's really one of the values of um, having a leader. So I'm, I'm switching now from... When you ask to sort of, you know, when you have a leader who is in a post-conventional stage, um, that leader, when they are aware and alive and conscious of this, they can move mountains inside of organizations. And what the research uh, is showing is that there's a really high correlation between leaders who are at post-conventional stages and their capacity to help change inside of an organization, transformational change. I'm not talking about tactical change. I'm talking about big-picture transformational change. The research is saying that, you know, organizations who want to do that really need some conscious, aware, post-conventional leaders at the helm, pulling people along, attracting people along, teaching people, developing people all along the way so that the transformation can be established. And so, there's, so that's a really big pitch on my side for having leaders know where they are and what they can do to embrace a bigger version of their world because it's really necessary given the way change is happening in our world, given, given the complexity that leaders face, they face so much complexity, and my heart goes out to them for all that they are trying to hold and manage. And the fact that the answers aren't easy and the fact that there's a lot of ambiguity is really difficult for people who are, who are at a conventional stage to hold for any length of time because they want answers quickly. They want to solve for. And somebody who's at post-conventional can really say, okay, you know, we don't know the answers. Let's talk about it. Let's see where we can go. Let's see what's possible. Let's try something. Let's see if we can try something that's safe to try and see what we learn from it that sort of an expanded way of being with people is actually so enriching and there's so many teachable moments in it that I think it's just a great invitation for leaders.
3: You know, Chris, we're going to close with that fantastic point that you've just made. And I really appreciate that you also took us to the question, um, you know, can, can um, conventional stage leaders lead transformation? I think you just really made the, case that um, transformational change is often led by post-conventional leaders find out where you are so thank you very much for being a listener today i hope you heard something that intrigued you or piqued your curiosity um a big thank you to you chris wall and you barbara bram for an outstanding hour thank you so much
1: Mm, my pleasure kate
2: Thank you for joining us this week on Inside Transformational Leadership. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Kate Ebner, next Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our programs, please visit scs.georgetown.edu forward slash ITL. We'll talk again next week.